Okay, so welcome to another episode of the Podcast Podcast. We're delighted to talk to you guys again. Thank you so much for all the overwhelming feedback uh, so far. We greatly appreciate it. And I'm joined, as always, by my very bubbly and amazing co-host, Cynthia. Hello, Python Khaleesi. How are you doing? How's your mental health? What have I missed out on the last month? Well, I'm doing good. Still continuing on my fitness journey, seeing some changes in my body. I'm growing muscles, man. <laughs> so, yeah. You don't post any pictures on WhatsApp anymore. Like, I, I don't see the stories. What's going on? Clearly, you have not been checking my WhatsApp status, Mokoma. I've been posting, actually, compilation video now of my daily exercises. I've actually encouraged six women because of the video updates I've been doing on my WhatsApp status. They've actually started going to the gym. One of them has joined the gym I go to and we exercise together in the morning. Well, uh, okay, you know what? I only watch WhatsApp statuses once a day, and there are days I skip, so I have to apologize for that one. I will I will try and check specifically for yours the next time I'm checking. <laughs> and how uh, have you been? I've been okay. It's been a good month. Uh, a lot's happening. A, a lot's really moving around. I had exams last month, uh, which was uh, crazy, but uh, I got through it. I had like four exams, so it wasn't so bad. It wasn't as bad as I expected anyway. I think getting back into like the academic space was really tough because, you know, the, the work-life balance and, you know, me and my social life, I had to find a way to yeah. make some sacrifices. So it wasn't so bad. It's been a good month. And I'm I'm hoping December will be way, way better, especially that, you know, December is the, is the vibey month. December is that month. Key December. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Yeah. So Cynthia and I are joined by uh, what I feel are two amazing people. Uh, I don't think I can accurately describe uh, the impact I feel these people have on the content creation landscape in Africa. And I'm absolutely grateful that we get to share a platform with them and pick their brain on what they feel like uh, the landscape around African content creation is evolving. So I'll let them introduce themselves and I'll let them tell us a little bit about what they do. And I will randomly start with Nyemba. Nyemba, how are you doing? How's your mental health? Um, I'm all right. Honestly, well, my mental health, to be fair, has been a roller coaster ride. I feel like I'm going through like seasonal depression, which is quite normal. But I'm trying my best to just, you know, just stay positive and be optimistic that, you know, it's only going to last a month or two and I will get out of it. Otherwise I'm good. I have nothing to complain about really. And yeah. How are you doing? I'm 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 doing amazing. I'm doing amazing. I, I I'm going through a really good period right now. Now I wanna know a little bit about what you do. Uh could you talk me through like what's happening in your life in that regard? Yeah, well in general I am a YouTuber. Well, I've actually been told to start with, I'm a broadcast journalism graduate, so I have a degree in broadcast journalism. I always forget about that for some reason. Um, right after that, I'm a YouTuber and a social media influencer, if you will put it that way. And yeah, that's pretty much, I spend my days creating content, posting videos, vlogs on YouTube, and posting pictures on Instagram. <laughs> 
Um, right now, I am, yeah, just focusing on the content, really. Not exactly in, like, formal employment yet, but, yeah. That's 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 amazing. That's great. Uh, Coyote, do you want to go next? Um, my name is Coyote Adibayo. Um, I'm from Nigeria. Um, my mental health is fine. I'm, I'm good. I'm, uh, I'm doing well. Uh, yeah, so um, I, I run um, a media and a technology holding company. And um, also, uh, but I graduated and finished school as a real estate uh, management uh, student or real estate uh, graduate. Uh, but since uh, I practiced for a while, I was um, practicing. Then we started some business around constru construction. Eventually, we went into hospitality. Um, yeah, and then after that, I think we started the media business. Then media, from media, we had a project that catered to uh, people in the creative industry space. Um, we did that for almost like six to seven years. And what do we do there? The project allowed us to... Um, kind of help the people in the creative space to um, understand more about the business behind that creativity. Uh, we also, through that project, gave them an opportunity to be able to uh, have, um, to network with local and international um, partners and you know, enterprises in order to be able to help them scale their businesses out of the country, their local country, so that they can earn more. And then the same platform also is used for them to be able to um, um, showcase their creativity, products, services. And uh, we've, done, we've done that all around Africa and then even outside Africa also. And then after that, um, through the same project, we were able to find that um, there was a pain point that we found. And that pain point, we felt that people that were in the creative industry were too vulnerable um, if there wasn't opportunity for them to go out of, um, to go, um, if there wasn't an opportunity for them to go out, especially with this whole COVID situation, they weren't able to earn anything. So what we did on that level was that we uh, partnered with an American and a Canadian company uh, that were technology company, technology infrastructure company. And then we started a, a technology platform called Crowd. And uh, Crowd became that platform where we believe that people in the uh, African, uh, African creatives will be able to leverage in order to be able to monetize their videos so that even if they didn't need to go out or even if they didn't need to perform outside their houses, they could still use that opportunity to be able to create some form of revenue uh, process for themselves and then be able to you know, empower themselves uh, economically. Uh, and yeah, that's what we've been doing for the past uh, six to seven years in the creative space. No, it's interesting that you mentioned pain points. And uh, I have yeah. to say this, congratulations also on... Uh, uh, your pre-seed funding. I think that was about $160,000, yeah? Yes, yes, yes. Congratulations on that one. I, 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 I want to start the conversation from um, uh, the different pain points uh, that exist. And maybe, Nyimba, you can, you, you can start on this one. Um, as a YouTuber, right, 
uh, what's been your biggest motivation? Maybe we can start from there. What motivates you to do what you do? Is like making an income something that you that you consider as part of this? And like, what's that experience been like for you? Um, honestly, like the making an income part of it, I consider like a bonus. In general, creating content is something I love doing. And it's like, obviously, it started out as a hobby turned now, I guess, job. But yeah, like the money side of it, I think of as like, oh, you get rewarded for doing this, you know, but I never really prioritize it. Because then I feel like you kind of lose the focus and the passion for the craft. But in terms of just what like motivates me is just seeing other creators create dope things. And I'm like, I want to be able to do that as well, you know, but obviously in my own way, put my own spin to it. And what matters isn't like copying, but um, getting inspo from others who are just doing really amazing things. How's your experience been like connecting with other uh, content creators, especially across the continent? To be fair, I haven't connected with that many, but the few that I have, I mean, it's been good. Like I have, um, I want to call her like my YouTube friend in SA. And yeah, she's also doing great things. And whenever, well, we did link up like one time and whenever we just have conversations about YouTube and stuff, they're always fruitful. And, you know, we're both doing our thing. We're both on the grind and yeah, just cheer each other on and stuff so. um yeah and uh, that's pretty interesting like speaking from like uh the strictly audio perspective i think cynthia cynthia was just to this. like um for us when we started it was really very focused on just having conversations around the community uh because for us uh we're primarily tech focused right any okay anything that really involves tech we're there talking about it. We're there trying to uh, jump in the conversation and build a community around that. And we did it as a passion for a long time until um, we wanted to expand and we really couldn't expand to the levels we wanted without having the income. So like you, you do so much stuff out of pocket. So when you want to grow, like it becomes really difficult because then you have to put in a little bit more money and you have to find that money from somewhere. And some of those challenges also come from the fact that we we, we kind of live on a continent that doesn't have a lot of disposable income. I, I don't know, Cynthia, do you, do you, do you want to jump in and add on on some of the challenges that we've had? Um, I, th- I think you, you have actually laid it all out. It's mostly... It has been mostly on on the on the path of uh, how do we then continue financing the the podcasts and uh, sort of move away from getting from our own pockets and either find revenue in advertising and partnerships and stuff like that. So it, it, the biggest part has been how do we continue financing uh, this venture that we have decided to, to, to take on and also creating the, right, uh, creating the right collaborations as well. Yeah. Yeah. Creating the right collaboration has been uh, one of those things that we've really been thinking about. And when we think about the, like how the landscape has changed in the last, like that we've been doing this for like three to, I think it's three years now we're going into four years. 
and a lot's changed. Like I remember when we started uh, publishing, we started on SoundCloud actually, and uh, we pushed our content there. And uh, eventually, <laughs> the the cost of doing that was a little too high. We discovered Anchor, pushed our content there, and were able to publish. And then the the distribution was essentially sorted from there. But then at the point when we had uh, a, a chance to expand, we had a monetization problem because then um, Anchor is American. So for you to actually monetize, you have to live in the US or have a bank account in the US. And then that presents a significant challenge in how you address like uh, the, the the revenue side of stuff. And then you get sucked into uh, the business side of stuff. And I think like I really feel what Nyemba says when she say when when she mentioned that uh, it's it's a passion that you have and the money is a bonus. You don't worry about uh, the money a little too much because then you start to focus on that, and then eventually what then happens is you focus less on creating the content and your attention shifts to like trying to make the money to sustain the creation. The content. it becomes really difficult to maintain that balance. I don't know from your experience, Coyote. How's how's the landscape been the last five five years in terms of like content creation across Africa? What problems have you seen? Okay. Um, well, for me, I think it's um, I deal with creatives every time, and um, I always hear this same narrative that you guys have mentioned um, because I always say that you know the creative and the business people they never get along real well. Why? Because the business guy is always concerned about sustainability because he understands that um, when you are creating something, it needs to be sustainable. And the only way it can be sustainable is if it's generating revenue and it can become a real uh, business that sustains you first as the creative and then also sustains the business and allows the business to be able to escalate and grow. Um, yeah, and we found out that a lot of, uh, in the creative space, yeah, a lot of uh, platforms came up in the past five to, let's say five to 10 years. Um, but after doing quite a lot of good study, um, everybody started taking technology seriously maybe two years ago because of this whole COVID situation. And um, we knew very early that technology would be the way because um, people will get let me not use the word lazy, but things around, uh, movement around will become something that um, became a little bit more tasking. We didn't even know that COVID was coming. And that somehow people will want to find ways to be able to uh, publish or create their stuff and not need to accrue the cost of wanting to move around and you know add extra cost to it. And, uh, but what, one of the things we noticed very early was that we looked at the, 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 the terrain of uh, digital, the digital terrain, especially for African creatives. And we found that African creatives were getting, they were getting the short end of the stick when it, happened, when it came to creation, when it came to monetization. Um, you know, I don't want to mention platforms here, but I know platforms that only allow you to drive a B2B business, meaning that you populate your platform, you populate your page, they call it page, you populate your page or you populate your, your space with a lot of eyeballs or with a lot of ears 
And then what you notice is that you now need to leave the platform, go outside the platform to go generate and get business to sell that allows you to sell or continue to sell content to those ears of eyes that you have on your platform. And we found that a lot of creatives, African creatives, number one, we found out that the algorithms for most of these Western platforms were not developed with African creatives in mind from the start, from the beginning. So when you looked at how the algorithms worked, they worked in a way where they rewarded Western creatives far more handsomely than they did African creatives. Because for them, Africans or Africa was more of like a place where they could expand and get more users for their platforms. So there are their numbers somehow helps with the valuation that they get at the market space, especially when they needed to raise money or when they needed to value their company for, you know, for, for matters around um, um, exiting and exiting quite well. Uh, so we found out that Africans weren't just getting the good, despite the fact that we were more cultural, we were giving more colors to the, those uh, technology spaces. We were the vibrancy. We were like the culture. We were the ones that created the dances. We were the ones that create uh, the, the, the blog and the fashion thing. You know, a lot of things there, which from African creatives became the real core of those platforms. But African creatives were not driving around Ferraris, wearing, um, you know, being, they were in fashion killers, you know, all those kind of things. So what we know, knew was that we needed to create this link that had already been created by the Western platforms. It had already been rigged against Africans. So when an African comes into that lane, he's almost like a thousand steps behind. So he needs to always be playing catch up. And we said, you know what? I think the only way for us to get things right is to create another lane that is different, that supports the, that the algorithm supports Africans from the beginning and um, the, the real estate created and uh, put together for African creators was far more boisterous, far more rewarding than the Western platforms. Hence the reason why we created Crowd. So Crowd, when you look at the monetization process for Crowd, it's a little bit... Um, unique because this is no more like a social media situation where uh, people pay you on a per stream basis and all that. So we put few um, revenue uh, elements in there that support more, that supports African creators. For example, an African creator doesn't exactly need 40 million views in order to be able to just generate miserly uh, um, you know, revenue from there. He could get his fan base to pay him um, on a per dollar basis, maybe just $1. And the good thing about it is that you don't even need to cater for 40 million people. Just cater for those 40,000 people that are your super fans. And those ones, you give them unique content, you give them exclusive content, you give them some exclusive access, and then those ones are willing to pay, for example, maybe just $1 for that your event or for that your content. And by the time you do the math, math between 40,000 people, that's $40,000. So if by the time you look at what you are going home with, which is 70% of that revenue, then you probably will be um, a little more, uh, how do I call it now? A little more excited to want to come back there 
to want to create stuff, to want to meet people, to want to give them access. And, and that's how it happens. So this crowd allows you to be able to serve your 40 million people somewhere publicly, as it exists right now, the internet. Then crowd allows you to take those 40,000 people out of those uh, 1 million views or 1 million people and take them somewhere else where you could give them something more unique, something more, something more unique, maybe an earlier release of that content for them to enjoy it first because you are saying that you guys are my real, you guys are my super fans, you're my special month earlier release to the you know, general people. These 40,000, I could write a, a personalized digital letter to all of them thanking all of them and saying that, um, you know, thank you for watching my content. Uh, you could give them rewards. You could give them special merchandise. You could do, you know, special access event where it's like a meet and greet digitally and all that. So that what you give them on this space is totally different from there. And you kind of give them an opportunity to have bragging rights. That, that oh, today, we saw it like one month ago on Crowd already. And we believe that that's a fairer, um, um, a more unique, and even a more rewarding path, especially for African creators. So that's 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 what we we, we did with Crowd, and that's how I think the African terrain and the, the, the technology landscape has been for quite a while now. Uh, thank you, Coyote. So I, I like the fact that first you 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 identified. Um, you identified the pain points and of your audience or your target audience and you went further to come up with a unique algorithm in terms of how then they, they make money. Um, for Nyemba, since you, you have already been doing uh, content creation and I assume you've already uh, sort of made some, some revenue, some sort of money out of it, how do you go about it and how has it been for you so far? Like, how has the payment aspect been like for you? Um, so I agree with what Coyote was saying about how these platforms, like, for example, I'm on YouTube and stuff, aren't really catered to the African market because you see how the algorithm works sometimes. It's like, especially with Africa, on YouTube, we get paid, like, through ads and stuff, right? That's, like, the the most basic form of payment anyway. So through Google AdSense, but the, you find that the CPM, which is like the cost per thousand impressions is so much lower than it is in Western countries, which it's like, sometimes we're producing what I consider better content than some creators, but we're getting paid way less than we should just because we're in Africa. And for a place like Zambia, they took a, like, they took us off of the, I don't even know what you want to call it. Like basically ads don't show up in Zambia. So you're not really making money from Zambian viewers unless they use a VPN to watch, which is obviously unfair. And it's like, there is a market for it, but why are you taking it away type of thing? But in general, yeah, make money from Google AdSense and sponsorships, I should say. At first, many Zambian companies weren't that much into paying creators. Now it's gotten better. I can definitely attest to that. But still, I feel like there's still room for 
more companies and brands to believe in the power of like influencer marketing and stuff like that, because it will continue to empower us as creatives and I mean, help the brands overall. Uh, Nyamba, I've got a question on just exactly on that point. Do you feel mm-hmm. like uh, to a certain degree, we give these brands too much power in terms of um, uh, in terms of like the monetization aspect? Like, have you been in a situation where um, the brand dictates everything that happens and you feel like you have no like real power in terms of how how everything works? No, because I feel like from an early stage in my, I guess you can call it a career, <laughs> as a creative, I've known to negotiate, number one, and not just negotiate prices, negotiate terms, because I'm not a slave. Like, I also need some sort of creative input into what we're doing. So when it comes to like brands who feel like they can just be like, oh no, you do this, 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 this. It's like, I just don't even want to work with you because then I'm not using my own creativity. Obviously at the end of the day, the brand has to benefit, but like I'm a brand myself as well. So it has to be, it doesn't have to be a 50, 50, but it's like, what are we both benefiting from this? You know, that sort of thing. So yeah, I just don't really like working with brands who (laughs) want to dictate everything. But to be fair, I haven't come across too many because usually they're very understanding. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. I've heard a lot of stories around how uh, sometimes creatives can be sort of uh, in a fix when relying on brands to uh, sort of be the main driver around uh, revenue and so on and so forth and how much work you have to put in uh, to get to that level where um, you've got a following and you are influential and then you can begin to sell your own merchandise and all that stuff uh, to sort of expand um uh the revenue possibilities which reminds me um coyote in in terms of like uh merchandise like is is that something that you've considered as uh another key aspect of the platform for creators yeah um with crowd um i'm not sure if i define crowd um quite well um this is what we and exactly what um my colleague here mentioned is what the real issue is. For me, I believe the real power for creatives, especially for those that are building a digital audience, should be B2C, as in your consumers, people that are consuming your content, it's your real power. They are your real, that's where the money should be coming from. That's that's where the first level of money should be coming from before you start to think B2B, as in businesses working with you. Because if you, as a content creator, are feeding from the eyeballs and from the ears that your content has already, then business people and sponsorship now becomes secondary, meaning that you can even dictate terms to them. Because if they decide not to work with you and they go, you still have your bread and butter, which is your your B2C. And um, yeah, so um, as you said, um, for crowd Merchant that product development, we don't even call it, we call it product development. It's one of the revenue channels there because the platform has an e-commerce layer that allows you to be able to form, develop, you know, in partnership with us, develop products that are an expression, a fiscal expression of your of your brand, and then also be able to uh, market it to that exclusive audience that you have on crowd. 
in order to be able to generate revenue. Because for me, one of those things, especially content-wise, that I feel um, I still don't get it is how you create a music video. You create a song first, and then you create a music video that is almost 10 to 15 or 20 times more expensive than the song. And then you take that huge investment and you just put it out on the open source platform for free. So I still don't get that, the business model around that. So um, with crowd, what happens is that you now take your, your, your video business now becomes your, now becomes a serious business. It means that you can, with crowd, you can look at a, your, your, your content creation process and say, okay, this is my production cost. Um, then this is most likely what my marketing and publicity budget will be like. Uh, this is how, this is the kind of publicity campaign, awareness campaign I want to drive around my, 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 my video. This is how much it's going to cost me. Then this is how much my pricing is on the per view of my video. Then by the time you generate that revenue, maybe after three months, two months, one month, one week, depending on how huge you are as a creative, uh, then you can now sit back and take out the cost element of that. And eventually you're able to go with a profit margin. So that's how. So it's more like a tool that empowers you to be able to be a video business person. And, um, and if it's video, then you have, you have, you have to have, uh, if it's a business, then you have to have multiple opportunities within a platform without leaving the platform though for revenue. So you're talking pay-per-view for live content. You're talking pay-per-view for on-demand content. Then you are looking at product development and marketing and sale also. So you have almost like three to four, uh, and then the subscription, we call it the subscription royalties. Um, so you have four monetization opportunities that comes from one platform. We believe that there's no how as a creative, if you are not using what you have, the audience that you have, to be able to consistently increase your capacity to be able to generate wealth. There's no how it will free you up to be able to create as freshly and as uniquely as you want to. So, um, yeah. So, as you said, the um, e-commerce aspect of the platform was created deliberately. And we decided to make it together with us. Hey, hey Coyote. Uh, it's been pretty tough to hear you. The, the call was breaking up on your side. Uh, but I think I do understand. Um, yeah. I do understand the aspect that you're trying to that you're trying to that you're trying to put out there, and it's it seems like a it's an interesting concept for me because I like I'm still trying to grapple with how you can free creatives to do the work that they do best. Um, and Yemba, for example, would you say um, focusing on the business side of stuff would take away from the creative side? Like, like, can you give me a sense of what that feels like for you? Like on my end, like if I can give someone the opportunity to uh, focus solely on the thing that they're absolutely good at, then it makes things significantly better in terms of quality. But then again, I mean, the, I, 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 I can't say I'm speaking from a place of like a vast knowledge and experience, you know? Yeah, so I yeah. feel like there reaches a point where it's like you kind of have to balance the two like the creativity side and the business side because the business side is almost inevitable when you start you know 
making some sort of money. And obviously, you don't want to stay in the same box. You want to expand, like you said earlier. You want to have merch. You want to have, I don't know, just other like assets basically attached to your brand. And yeah, it's one of those things that you just have to find balance with. That's like the best way to put it. And like I said, it's not always going to be 50-50, but you have to find some sort of middle ground where it's like, I'm still enjoying what I'm creating, but I'm also making this money and trying to expand to do more, you know, with my platform. So it's just a matter of finding that middle ground. Can be challenging. I feel like I haven't fully gotten there yet, but it's definitely possible and achievable. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I see that. I see that. Um, Cynthia, uh, as we're getting to to the end, I don't know if you had uh, anything to add on what Coyote just talked about. Um, not a comment per se. Um, I think the one thing that maybe I would like to know is the onboarding process. So if I am a creative and I want to get onto crowd, how do I even get onboarded there? How's the process like? Okay. Um, onboarding is quite easy because as you said, um, we, we, it's, a, a new, it's a new product. Uh, we went live in August and um, but to show how, you know, to a level that um, we have, we have been success in this is um, just in two, three months. I think we have more than two thousand users right now, um, and it's going to be. And we haven't done any form of super publicity like the normal tech startup would do. We just wanted to check how organic we could run what we are running to see how people gravitate towards it first before we started to do anything real. Uh, you know, the huge, huge launch, the getting influencers to start to talk about it, you know, situation. Um, yeah, so for us, I think uh, the, the onboarding process is quite easy. Um, at the level we are now, what we do is that when you want to be a create, uh, you, you, we, 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 we try and determine if you are just someone that is delivering event or we see you as a content partner. A content partner is the, the type of content creator that has a huge catalog of content. Uh, and when you say huge, it doesn't have to be that you have like 100 hours of content or whatever. But somehow you have more than, maybe like more than five that you are trying to bring onto the platform to be able to kind of start, um, a publish, um, you know, start to publish on the site and all that. Um, so what we do is that you initiate an email first to us, telling us that um, you, know, you like to want to bring your content on the platform we send in a detail, you know, send in something for you to read like a brochure and you see how things will, how things work on the platform. Then you tell us what the volume of your content is and all those things. Then we reach out to you. Uh, a technical um, support person reaches out to you and now handholds you through the process. There are two processes to it. Um, locally, what we've had is that people have been delivering content to us directly putting in their hard drives and all that, then we help in the process of um, putting them on the platform and then giving them their, um, walking them through a process where they have all their information. Uh, if you are the type that uh, through, through the process okay, you're breaking up of supporting you. Um, if you, oh, okay. Can you hear me now? 
Yeah, we can hear you. Okay, so so at the initial level, because this is more like a, we are the 1.2 stage of the product now, we are developing the 2.0 that allows things to be more uh, fluid, especially in how to onboard the content creators. But right now, we kind of like, um, we do it a little bit um, because we want to know the people that are uploaded. We want to know the content creators. So it's more of like you initiate a, a reach to us, we initiated, you know, we connect with you, we get some details from you, then we a technical support person helps the process of um, handholding you through the process of onboarding your content on the platform. Very super easy, but we decided that we wanted to start it in a way where we get to kind of like know who our content creators is, as well as this initial period before the whole thing goes, um, uh, it goes berserk. Um, yeah, so it's it's quite super easy. You know, you upload your content on the cloud, just like you have it on any of this platform. We help you download, we upload uh, with you and uh, make the process very easy for you. You own your own dashboard. You're able to see your price. You're able to see your pricing. You're able to we walk you through that process also and advise you because there's no need you having a price on your content on the platform. And because of your price, nobody's touching your, your content. So we help you through that whole process and um, yeah, so that 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 creates a situation where we we we, sh we have a partnership with you, and you know us to a level where you can pick up your phone or pick up an email or write an email and send to us, and we can respond to you quite uh, you know quite urgently, and you know help you through these different processes of the platform, and then even give you information as to how well your content is doing and all that. So that's what we um, that, that's what we have now. Uh, by we should develop and deliver a 1.4 version by the end of this month, and then the 2.0 version is already in process. Uh, it should be ready by um, late January, early February. I think it's with that one that we'll do the real launch, and then um, we'll make a lot of noise about it and all that. So uh, yeah, so that's how it is. So like, I, I found a... that. Now we got that. I found a quote uh, <laughs> when I was reading some of the articles, especially around crowd, and um, yeah. I'll just read it out. And it goes something like, when you hear, look within yourselves, Africa, what comes to mind? I feel like um, as a big as a big supporter of Africans telling their own stories, I think it's very, yeah. very important. I think regardless of what platform they choose to do it on, I think it's very important yeah. for us to be able to tell our own unique stories. And I think this this this, this really gives us uh, a voice to stand on within our own landscape and locality. I think it gives us a bit more power as well as more people begin to access content. I know there's been a big data uh, pricing problem in Africa, like uh, yeah. the pricing of data is ridiculous, but we've seen more people have access to, to, to internet now. I think if it's in Zambia, well, it's really growing at an exponential rate. I think it really started with the cost of um, devices coming down with uh, the entry into the market by uh, lots of other players from, from, from Asia, China to be specific. And we have seen more people jump on, um, uh, jump on platforms like YouTube to watch content. I didn't know that she needed a VPN uh, from if you're going to watch uh, YouTube videos from them, you need a VPN to be able to support your own. I thought watching the videos was enough. So that's that's like something that I've picked up already from uh, this discussion that we've had. So it's 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 really profound for me uh, to read a statement that asks me to look within myself. Like when I look within myself, what do I see? What do I see? Where do I want to go? 
you know, things yeah. like... Things will change. Things are changing very fast. So that's why we need to be well positioned for that. You know, for example, out of 100, out of five, uh, 1.3 billion people, uh, it was confirmed that almost uh, more than 500 million people hit the internet around between the last two years because of the whole COVID situation. People needed to kind of find ways to still continue to work and still continue to connect and still continue to, um, you know, um, get information. So if 500 people, it reminds me of when I was in China, maybe like uh, seven, eight years ago, when 500 million people or 400 million people were, you know, internet, um, China had a population of 400, 500 million people on the internet at that time. So I think this is now that time for Africa. Imagine having 500 million people on the internet, especially at this time. Uh, I think, uh, and we are still waiting for 5G. The moment 5G comes and uh, things will just go crazy. Um, and then we have a, a future of metaverse already, you know, very interesting. But you know what? The good thing about metaverse is that 500 million people, 1.3 billion people with 3,000 tribes, 54 countries. I don't think anyone really at the metaverse level can beat that volume of culture that Africans we have. Imagine the form, the, 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 the digital creations that we can make out of uh, 3,000 tribes. Imagine the, 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 the mythical figures, you know, and um, yeah, so that's it. Yeah. I, I totally get that. And uh, I'm so thankful to both of you that we've been able to sit down and have a conversation around this. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really hoping it's been really useful and someone somewhere out there will uh, jump on this if they need to and they feel like it serves their needs. Uh, Nyamba, do you have um, any last words you'd like to share before we close off? I um, just want to say thank you for your time. Thanks for hosting us. <laughs> yeah, it's been really insightful. Uh, Kayode, do you have any last words before we close off? Uh, well, um, I think the last word for me would be that Africans should, as you said, uh, really start to believe in themselves. They really start to believe in the fact that they are uniquely uh, created and positioned to be able to be kings of their own stories. Uh, I think Africans should start to look at the possibility of being able to uh, know that they are responsible for another extra 200 million diaspora sitting all around the world that are very curious about Africa and willing to strongly connect back to the continent. And um, the process of us being able to tell our stories and our narratives, um, it's an inspiration to those people. And so we shouldn't just look at ourselves alone. We should know where we are responsible for people. And um, yeah, that we should just... You know, be, be courageous, you know, see what our stuff is doing in O2 Arena, see what our stuff is doing in Hollywood and all those big uh, platforms. Virgil Abloh is even Ghanaian and all that. So we have, it started here first, as in humanity started in Africa first. So we have more stories. We have more culture to give the world. And I think the world is waiting for us to be able to share and express that. And it now helps that we have our own platforms also by a crowd um, to be able to help in the process of doing that very directly. So thank you guys. Thank you for hosting us, and um, I appreciate uh, you know the time that you guys have taken to engage with us. Thank you. Okay, you are very much welcome. Uh, please, next time you're in Zambia, just stay longer than you did. Um, Cynthia, uh, do you have any last words before we close off? Um, yeah. So I'm actually happy that we had this conversation. I 
I hope in in also different areas as well will will we'll be us as Africans will be looking into really sort of localizing uh, some of these things that we 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 engage in, like for creative, like I can see crowd is doing uh, amazing work with uh, with the algorithm that is suiting the Africans, and I hope they'll be also in different industries. There'll be sort of uh, localized uh, algorithms to any platforms that is coming up in sorting out some of the pain points that uh, our African citizens are actually facing. So I, I've, I've liked this talk, and for somebody who's trying to start a, a YouTube uh, channel for myself, I think I'll check out Proud definitely, and I'll see how, how it will it can make my life easier. So yeah, pretty excited. Yeah, I'm super excited as well. I don't know about Crazy Man YouTube channel. You know me. Uh, YouTube. YouTube is a struggle. But thank you, everybody. Um, we'll release this episode really soon. And uh, for any information around how everybody can find Crowd or find Yamba online, we'll be able to post this uh, the links to the platform and their individual uh, professional profiles as well uh, when the episode comes out. Uh, so if you're really getting to the end, uh, you probably have already seen the links to the platform, so pretty much. So we're Codecast, uh, ZM on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook as well. So if you want to send us any feedback uh, or if you have any questions, uh, feel free to uh, hit us up on any one of those platforms and then we can begin the conversations from there. Uh, so I'm... Um, Super thankful that you got to the end and we'll catch you on the next episode. Thank you for listening. Bye.